Ready Check Radio. Stand by as we get ready to serve up all your news this week in the world of gaming. Welcome to Gaming Gumbo. Why, hello, 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 Internet. It's Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern. That means here on Ready Check Radio, it is time for Gaming Gumbo, your weekly gaming wrap-up podcast. I'm your host, Mike Byrne, a.k.a. Magic Man. As always, thank you so much for joining us, whether you're on YouTube, iTunes, Audible, Spotify, wherever the hell you're listening to or watching us. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Make sure you thumbs up, you like, you comment, feed the algorithms there, and if you like what we do here, tell a friend. We've also got chat joining us live, twitch.tv slash readycheckradio. If you go to readycheckradio.com, you'll see all the socials in the upper right-hand corner. It makes it very easy to follow us everywhere. And show up live, chat ready to chime in with their opinions. Looking forward to it. We got some great news to cover. Joining me to go over all of it, Mr. Troy Blackburn. What's up, Noob Fridge? As soon as you start to roll the show, I start sneezing uncontrollably. I saw, I saw, I was, I saw your like mute come up in Discord, and then I look at your camera, and all I see is when that comes through on the stream, you'll get it. Go ahead, Yod. Welcome to the show, resident artist of Ready Check Radio. How are you, sir? Probably gonna be sneezing like uh, Troy there too. It's just it's it's that time of year. <laughs> I think it's the news. I think the news that we have to cover is just making everybody oh. sick. It's just making everybody oh. sick. It's my, my, rough, my BS allergies are kicking in. <laughs> <laughs> Some high BS we got going on today. High high BS. All right, let's start it off, gentlemen, right away with a topic. We it's just very near and dear to all of our hearts here on Ready Check Radio. We've been very uh, looking forward to. No, we haven't. <laughs> You have not so you want to be it. a pirate. Yeah, so you want to be a pirate. Check <laughs> out Sea of Thieves. Can't. Like, it was rocky at launch, but they've got some good stuff over there if you really, really want to be a pirate. <laughs> because just the Skull and Bones story is the story that just keeps delivering for podcasts yeah, like this. Like, yeah, this, this, it literally is, just keeps delivering. I, I, th- I think it's, it's uh, the current iteration of the whole cyberpunk that we were going through when Jason was here. Yeah. <laughs> every, every so often we have to mention Skull and Bones to make sure everybody knows that something is still going on with it. And what is it that's still going on? Yeah, it got delayed for the sixth time. <laughs> so re- remember, this has to come out. So, like, people have commented on other shows and things that, uh, you know, articles that I've written, stuff like that about, you know, just cancel it already. If they could have, they would have. Like, this would have been canceled two to three years ago if they could have. And honestly, like, how bad, Troy, can the financial penalties with the Singapore government be at this point that keeping it going was worth it? Like, like how well, especially bad? Especially compared to if this comes out and is the disaster that it, it looks like it could be, what are the stock prices going to drop? Yeah, uh, and in fact, they already had that. This week, they had an emergency investor call. That's where they announced Skull and Bones was being delayed for the sixth time. The sixth time. On that emergency investors call, which is absolutely something you want to hear a company you invest in holding, uh, Mm, they also canceled three unannounced projects. That's on top of four previously canceled projects back in like June, July-ish of this year. 
They've forecasted uh, or adjusted their forecasts down. They've adjusted their targets down. Of course, they're putting the PR spin on all of this of, you know, we're trimming down and focusing on big IPs. That was like one of the things that they blamed for their performance, Troy, which was very weird. They were like, Mario Rabbids, the sequel didn't do as well as we wanted. Just Dance didn't do as well as we wanted. Uh, and you know what? We're noticing that the industry and players and consumers are shifting more to the big brands and staying away from smaller things, to which I said, wait, bullshit. Wait. wait, so Mario isn't a big brand? Is that what they're saying? Apparently not. Exactly. Apparently not. <laughs> like, how much bigger of a brand do you need than Mario? Right? <laughs> granted, Mario Rabbids, Mario's big, but tactical RPGs are a little more niche. So, okay, like I get the comparison they were trying to make. Let's focus our resources on our Assassin's Creeds, you know, those huge IPs and do that. But I feel like they did it now because they had to, right? They're in a really, really weird spot. And Tencent invested into the Gamo Brothers company that oversees Ubisoft. Uh, but they were open to acquisition, too. Ubisoft was... And they... I'm going to tell you this, Troy. My brother, uh, Lou, last night sent me... I guess it was the first time he had seen it, right? So he sends me, like, somebody's reels on Facebook about the Star Wars game. Right, the open world Star Wars game that that's being worked on, and through Ubisoft uh, as the publisher, I believe. And he was like, "Man, I would play the hell out of this." And I was like, "Yeah, a lot of us would, but I don't know if this is going to see the light of day because the this company is in trouble." They held the investor call, and immediately their stock lost ten percent. Like immediately. Yeah. Like immediately lost ten percent. Now, Skull and Bones is going to say, they did say they're going to put a new release date on this soon because really they just gave a window early 23, 24, meaning their fiscal year, which starts in April. So probably April, right. May, June-ish, Q1, if they want to be early uh, 23, 24. But we don't have an exact date yet. They did try and like damage control this a little bit and throw some content gameplay together and into an episode of the deck and showed that off. That's fine. But still, I, I just... I just can't help but feel like my advice stays the same, Troy. Don't buy this until you watch your favorite streamers play it. You watch your favorite YouTube gaming reviewers review it. Like, just wait. This thing has a $70 price point, and it's just a dumpster fire. And all the people that we've heard of that have had any sort of dealings with it, any sort of playtime with it, any sort of contact with it, uh, I think even previous developers of it have talked about how shallow the yeah. game actually is and how there's actually not that much to do. And you look at where they've been showing off, like, your pirate and dressing up your pirate and stuff like that. Oh, that's just window dressing. Uh, okay. The main part of the game is is you as your ship. Uh, you're not even a pirate, you're a pirate ship. And I've seen video of, um, as I mentioned yesterday on MMO Bomb, I've seen video of like going and collecting coconuts. You don't get off your ship to collect coconuts. You ram your ship into the coconut tree and have the coconuts fall onto your ship. Well, how the hell else would you get cargo. it? Well, yeah, I guess that makes I mean, the if I had a pirate ship, that's what I'd do. <laughs> sure, <laughs> why not? You know, <laughs> right Just, up on shore and, you know, yeah, get just, into that tree. Just ram that pirate ship right into there. I don't know, man. I don't think Ubisoft is going anywhere. Like there are doomsayers that are like, this is this is gonna close. I don't think so. I think it would. It's much more likely to be purchased first. The problem yeah. with that though is all the big companies that you would think would try to grab this 
are so involved in other purchases right now, I think it's really hard to do it. Sony's got the whole Bungie thing going on. Of course, Microsoft has the whole Activision Blizzard thing going on, which is now tied up in litigation from the FTC trying to block it. And NVIDIA and Google apparently chimed in on that saying, we've got concerns with this too. And you might ask why, but think mobile, cloud computing, cloud gaming. And and now you kind of see why NVIDIA and Google would be a little concerned with this type of, of merger. So like your big players are out. Of course, Tencent could just complete the deal, right? They already put a substantial investment into the Gimo Brothers company, so Tencent, I guess, would be a viable one, Yod, to just swoop in and buy the rest. True, but Tencent doesn't really seem like the type that wants to be hands-on with a company. They're, they're kind of like the, uh, the the other company, the other giant company that's been buying a bunch of stuff. The uh, um, oh, Bracer Group. Embracer Bracer, Group. Yeah, yeah, Bracer. They're, they're kind of more like that, where they'll buy a company and like invest some time into getting it the ship righted, and then just let it go. Well, and, and I think that's what Ubisoft. you could do here, right? Like Tencent swoops yeah. in, buys Ubisoft, it says, "Congratulations, you make the division and Assassin's Creed." Right. Feels yeah, but it feels like Ubisoft has more issues than that. Once you dig into oh, it, oh, they and certainly just, do. I mean, the yeah, whole management situation than, over the years right, and harassment right, and stuff. It's just way more than Tencent wants to get into. I think they they just want to buy the product and let it set sail, so to speak. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was just going to say too, <laughs> let it set sail. That's good. Um, <laughs> You know, you know, you're in a bad situation when you would have much more luck just selling off your IPs than you would your whole company. Right? <laughs> there are IPs that people would want to buy, but they don't want your company. They do have things coming, right? They do have a couple spinoffs of the division coming. Those are mostly going to be free to play, live service, and some mobile stuff going on there. Of course, they have a ton of stuff going on with Assassin's Creed, like four different versions uh, of all kinds of things. But some of those Assassin's Creed titles, like are years away, right? Like, they tipped, hey, this is what we're doing, but it's going to be a while before they've seen this. They have the Division and the Division 2, which are kind of like they're really only live service stables right now. Of course, they do some oddball projects like Riders Republic, which I still think is a fantastic game. I love Riders Republic. They do Roller Champions, which is a free-to-play, like, roller derby sports game. Some fun to be had there, but it's just not long term enough for me. It doesn't like do do what Rocket League does, where it's like, yeah, I could sit here and play matches for three hours and and be totally fine with that. Fun, but in smaller bites for me. And I've seen speculation, Troy, that one of the problems Ubisoft has is that they don't have a key live service. You know, they they have these big splashes when a new Assassin's Creed title comes out, right? But then they have lulls that other companies fill with, you know, GTA Online uh, or, or some of the other big live service, the 2K series is, and, and the EA Sports. And they don't have that big stable of live service. Now, I'm not necessarily advocating that they push into that because they don't traditionally do them very well see how Division launched and Division 2 launched. Yes, they became better products later, but you had to wait till later. And there's some monetization question marks to me on the way they do some things. So I'm not really an advocate for Ubisoft pushing into more live service, but is there credence to the idea of if they had more live services, they could weather lulls in the in the storm like this? 
Uh, yeah, probably so. And they had an opportunity to create uh, one with Skull and Bones if they'd have just made the game that they've already made. Everybody, when they looked at Skull and Bones, what did they want? Assassin's Creed, Black Flag, multiplayer. That's right. what they wanted out of it. That's not what we're getting. And we haven't even seen the monetization that this game's going to have. I would imagine it's probably going to be pretty egregious when it comes to... For a $70 to, uh, price tag games. already? Come on. They wouldn't yeah. over-monetize oh, a $70 game, Troy. Absolutely would. And they are most likely going to. I'm going to be super shocked if they don't. Yeah. Yeah. That, that sucker is going to be monetized from here to... To, well, I'm going to tell you this. Next Yod. time you launch a game, I'm going to tell you this, Yod, right now. When you are in charge of a big company, and Ubisoft's big, no doubt. You know, yeah. maybe, maybe there are certainly bigger, but they are a big company. They employ many all over the world. Mm -hmm. Many IPs, lots of projects, lots of cash, both ways. Right. M millions and millions of dollars, right? Yeah. When your company falls on hard times, who do you look to to get you out of those hard times, Yod? Who do you, if you're just rank and file QA tester, you know, artist for Ubisoft, and the company's on hard times, who are you looking to to help right the ship? Wouldn't it be the the upper echelon? Isn't that what they're there for? Uh, no, no, nope. no. In fact, it's the staff. Well, I mean, that's okay. if, that's if you're Yves Guillemot, CEO of Ubisoft, Ubisoft who, uh, in the process of all of this, in the midst of all this happening, sent an employee, and could, credit to Kotaku here for getting the, uh, the email, to all the employees after the investor's call, uh, talking about in internal restructuring, and he told the staff, today more than ever, I need your full energy and commitment to ensure we get back on the path to success. I'm also asking that each of you be especially careful and strategic with your spending and initiatives to ensure we're being as efficient and lean as possible. And that's fine. That's general CEO speak saying, yeah. we got to watch the money, watch the money. Yeah. But he told the team this, too. The ball's in your court to deliver this lineup on time and at the expected level uh. of quality and show everyone what we're capable of achieving. By the way, they haven't laid wow. anybody off and Moss yet. I'm sure they've had a few layoffs here and there. Most companies do. But as far as like bulk layoffs, they haven't reported any publicly yet. But sources do say they've kind of already been doing it in a real low-key way. They haven't been renewing contracts for uh, uh, teams that when they expire, they've also alleged, the anonymous sources to Kotaku, that um, back uh, positions aren't being backfilled when somebody vacates them. Which... They're technically layoffs. It reduces your headcount, saves cost, but the amount of work is still the same for the remaining smaller team, which usually then leads to crunch. It's so easy and, to, you yeah. know, write the ship. <sighs> and you know what? I can't have any compassion for them. Like, I've no. their leadership did this to themselves, Troy. They, One, they never take accountability for never, anything, so why never. would they now? They, never take, they haven't taken public accountability besides, oh, we're evaluating staff, and then they released stuff saying, you know, uh, well, we had a third party come in and look at it, and you know, we, we did everything we were supposed to, or we had a couple issues here and there, but we fixed them. They, they, for years, they moved abusive uh, management around. I mean, they, they have their own track record. I don't want to relitigate all of that here. 
the problem here is the tree poisoning the rest, right? Like it's just mm-hmm. from top down in their leadership. It, and I, again, not all of them. I'm sure there's some good folks in odd positions here and there. But I've never trusted Yves Guillemot. Never. Well, I mean, and I've been reporting a- on this industry and getting paid for it so professionally for like 14 years now. And I have never trusted him. Ever. There's a reason that, you know, you hear every once in a while on the internet the the whole joke of why is EA the worst uh, company in the U.S.? Because Ubisoft isn't based out of the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably a little bit of truth to that. Where do you think, where do you think it goes, Troy? Oh, beyond, oh, logical robot talking about beyond good and evil. Oh. Yeah, we're yeah. never seeing that sequel. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think that one's that one's probably I'm gonna be 100% better with you. Yeah. Oh, Skull and Bones turns into a train wreck. It continues to turn into a train wreck. And maybe three or four years from now, if it survives that long, it, it'll be a good game. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, how long do if you let... it comes out. Yeah. I, I mean, it's going to come out, but... I. I just can't, like, I want to be wrong, right? I want the team that's working on the actual game, the boots on the ground, so to speak, to have developed something that they're proud of and they want to put out. The rumors, anonymously, so take them for with a grain of salt, of course, is that that is not happening. That is not what's happening. Maybe all of these delays help. The problem is you delay a game because you want to do more polish. I'm totally fine with that. Get it out the right way. But we're talking about a game that isn't in the polish stage. We're talking about a game that, again, anonymous sources internally working the project, to Troy's point, have called shallow, and there's not a lot to do. And those are system things. A three-month delay here and there isn't fixing those. It's not fixing that. We'll see. And I'm I'm still iffy about the whole no storyline storyline type of deal they're trying to pull well that so did you watch the episode of the deck that they released yesterday yeah it focused what some of it they like tried to they were like look there's these little bits of like small narrative story you know side stuff to do and it was like yeah that's them jamming that shit back in because everybody was like there's no story and your crafting system looks kind of kind of bogus like i'm not sure man 70 bucks they're, they're talk, trying to talk about these like historical, like the trading companies and the, yeah. the pirate groups and stuff that formed and tried to make uh, groups of you know territories together and all that stuff. It's like, you could have just made that into a storyline yeah. and made that the whole game and people would probably play it. Mm, maybe, a little bit. We, we've seen something recently with New World too. That's what they did when they originally started as a survival game. And they switched over to MMO. They crammed in and just sort of just sort of added in little pieces of narrative that didn't make a lot of sense and didn't really, uh, you know, integrate well together at all. And it took a year. They fixed it now. They've done a great job with the beginning tutorial narrative stuff now. Uh, but it took a year for them to even get that right. And that's a, a huge company for Amazon that had a lot of resources going into a game. Yep. And you'd think after this many years of live service and MMOs and stuff like that out there that these companies would learn from each other how to do this, you know, from the get-go instead of releasing games and then going, oh, 
it sucked. Let's we'll, we'll fix it in about a year or two, but keep buying it. All they ever learn is one big game gets lucky and makes a lot of money, and then you create dozens and dozens of failures that try to recreate. Well, that that's the problem. Happened. They attribute it to luck, right? And it's not. World of Warcraft was wildly successful. Oh yeah, not out of luck. It did what it needed to do at the time to attract the casual gamer. Mm -hmm. The person that thought EverQuest was too much. That Final right. Fantasy XI was too much. I don't right. understand the systems of this. Then if you extrapolate that to you know single-player games and stuff, Ubisoft has done this before. Logical Robot in chat talking about all the IPs that they have. Some of them you forget about, right? Obviously, you remember Sass Assassin's Creed, but Splinter Cell... Mm -hmm. You know, Splinter right, Cell was yeah. wildly popular, and then they just did nothing with it. And rumors are that that project, uh, maybe it's one of the unannounced ones we that got canceled. We don't know, but we do know that they were planning to do something with it. And there's rumors that that project has had leadership changes and things like that. They have the Tom Clancy shit. They have all the Rainbow Six stuff. They did Siege. Siege was phenomenal. It's still very successful to this day. But think back to like Rainbow Six Lost, uh, Rainbow Six Vegas Two. What a great freaking game, man! What an absolute great game for somebody that's not generally into PvP. Like they have these IPs and they just kind of rested on their laurels. Let's do something else, and now it's in scramble mode. And why? Some of it that's they, bad leadership. Taken... That's bad leadership. That is yeah. the total bad leadership. And some of it they've taken the shine off their own IPs, their their names like Tom Clancy, because they stick it on all the junk that they make. So you take all the shine off of what was some of the good games that we remember from those lines. Yeah, Rainbow Six yep. Vegas 3 was freaking phenomenal. I absolutely. I loved the Vegas series. Storyline was great. Loved going through it. And then in the PvP. And I, I don't like PvP. In, in, I don't I, like I shooters. PvP, yeah. And I was addicted yeah. to Vegas. I was addicted to it. And it wasn't luck. It was good design. It was good design. I wish them luck for the employees on the ground. I have a feeling, yeah. I don't think it's going to close. I feel like it would get bought first. But I just don't know who the buyer is right now besides yeah. Tencent, who has a large stake in it. So really, it's like, all right, if you pull out a couple more million, you own the joint. I, I almost mm. want to say that they'll get bought and parted out. Mm. Like the, the company will get dissolved we'll and see. the IP sold off. I think that would be best case scenario for fans of some of these games. Maybe. I mean, we said the same thing, right? When Square Enix sold, yeah, two. I, I said two the first time, and then I read your thing and said three. I said two the first time. I got it right the first time. Logical. Um, the we said the same thing when Square Enix sold off some Western companies, right? Like yep. maybe this will be the best thing for some of those IPs, Legacy of Kane and 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 other IPs that we just haven't seen in a while. And it seems like that actually may be panning out. And we've had surveys go out about what would you want to see in a Legacy of Kane, uh, new Legacy of Kane series game. So maybe, maybe. Hey, I don't want to spend too much time on this gang. Uh, Troy and I uh, and Anthony talked a lot about this on MMO Bombs podcast yesterday. So if you want some more in-depth discussion about what we're going to talk about next, head on over to MMOBomb.com and watch the latest Always Online podcast. It's right in the banner at the top. Or you can listen to it on iTunes or whatever. Uh, but we do have Microsoft and Bethesda doing their developer direct stream on January 25th. 
Arcane Austin, Mojang Studios, Turn 10 Studios, Zenimax Online Studios are all going to be there. It's, they say it's going to focus on big features, extended gameplay showcases, and the latest info for Xbox games launching in the next few months. Except Starfield. Don't expect Starfield to be there. It ain't going to be there. <laughs> like, not going to be there. All the stuff for your most anticipated. Right, right. The one you were probably looking forward to the most, we ain't bringing it. Uh, they said the reason was they want to do an, a, a Starfield-only showcase. Uh We'll see. Well, but they are going to have Forza Motorsport, Minecraft Legends, Redfall, the vampire uh, game, a shooter game, uh, open world thingy, and uh, Elder Scrolls Online. So, Yad, briefly, any of those four titles of any interest to you? And if so, what do you want to see out of the showcase? Maybe Redfall, because even though it's vampires, I'm not that into vampires. The shooter aspect of it kind of, you know, I, I like that type of thing. So, yeah, I, I, I'd like to see some. Something I'm not expecting, I think. But I, I don't doubt think you're going to get it out of these yeah, titles. Yeah, I don't think yeah. I will. <laughs> I think these titles are pretty, you know what you're getting. You're just going to see some yeah. more of it. I, the thing that I'm probably the most interested in is Elder Scrolls Online. I'm super pumped and interested in Redfall. Don't get me wrong. I can't wait to see more on that game. Um, and probably a May release. The rumor right now is May 2nd. Uh, but Elder Scrolls Online is going through what I think is the make or break shift right now. The last couple of years have been a little stagnant, even for Elder Scrolls Online fans, the way content has been delivered in the yearly cycle with the chapter and then the DLCs that come with it. Big items have been notably missing, like new classes and stuff, uh, things like that. Uh, we got a card game in the last one that nobody wanted. They're going to be changing that development philosophy now. And I want to see, they're going to be on stage, and then they're going to have their own Elder Scrolls stream after that, too, where they go into more detail about where we're going in the next uh, update and, and all that stuff, what new zone and slash zones. I'm really interested to see how they write this ship, because right now, I enjoy Elder Scrolls Online an awful lot, but it's got some serious flaws that are preventing new people from coming to the game. Their monetization is part of that, whether they want to admit it or not. Uh, with more and more of the cool stuff being pushed to the cash shop. So I want to see how the team writes this ship amidst rumors of ZeniMax working on another MMO. So is ESO just, you know, on a basic, here's a little bit, here's a new zone, and that's it, uh, maintenance mode, or or what? It's going to be interesting. That's what I want to see and, and get more details on. What about you, Troy? Uh, I'm most interested in Elder Scrolls Online. I'm playing again right now, so I'm curious. They they talked about a, a new system at the end of the year, but they've also talked about a, a, a highly requested new feature that's coming with the story drive. I'm curious to see what that is. There's a lot of sell, a lot of folks hyping themselves up for spellcrafting. I've got a feeling they're going to be disappointed. I think um, so, too. Like the card game as well. Uh, but yeah, see the, see the new zones, where we're going, all that kind of stuff, and see what they're going to do to sort of bring back the interest in the game. And then for Redfall, I think they need to show, I think it's time to show more of the open world that they've talked so much about lately. Uh, you know, making the saying, you know, we're not like Left 4 Dead, we're more like Far Cry. It's time for us to see some of that and not just get told about it because it's still not coming across, I think, to majority of people uh, are still thinking of that more as a Left 4 Dead shooter. Yeah. You're absolutely right. I mean, they're trying to shed that persona, but, you know, we'll see. We shall see. Hey, I'm a huge fan. You all know of Dead Space. I cannot wait for the remake. I cannot wait for the remake. 
I hope I'm not super disappointed by this. I mean, it is the gaming industry. It's more disappointment than anything most times. But everything I've seen leads me to be pretty positive on this one. And I got to say, I absolutely love what they're doing with pre-orders. I just wish it wasn't tied to pre-orders. <laughs> Don't yeah, pre-order. I love what they're doing. I just wish it wasn't like this. Right, what? right. If you I, pre-order I the game as edition. a bonus... They're giving you Dead Space 2 for free, the the original Dead Space 2. Now, that, that's cool. It's it's normally like 20 bucks on Steam. You can catch it on sale, though, for like 5 to 8 bucks periodically. It's, it's pretty often it's on sale. But I think that's like a nice little nod to, hey, we're probably not remaking this, and even if we did, it would be years away from now. So if you want to continue the main story of this, play Dead Space 2. The unfortunate thing is that then that leads into Dead Space 3, which totally is not worth your time. Don't pick that up. Oh, come on. I like the nod (laughs) and the, hey, here's Dead Space 2. uh, If you want to continue the story, I just hate that it's tied to pre-order. I'm like such an anti-pre-order guy anymore um, that I just can't do it. And this one's on sale so often that if you really, really, if you've never played it, like obviously I own it for consoles, I could just go up and play it. But if you never have... I would still say don't pre-order it. Just catch it on sale for like five or eight bucks. But it's a so, it's a neat little nod to to fans. You, I think. Do you know what this is? You you gotta have seen this before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Sorry, I was taking a drink. Yeah. So I kind of wish they did something like this because I mean, Dead yeah. Space has technology stuff in it where you're accessing computers and stuff. Where where this for those for those fans who don't know, this is a uh, the the dog tag of J- Jimmy Rayner, and it came with uh, StarCraft Two or the the yeah it was, yeah StarCraft, it was Starcraft. yeah yeah, yeah Star- StarCraft the, the uh, StarCraft Two uh, special edition, and it has the original StarCraft and original Brood War on a little flash drive that you can actually plug in and play. But it was a special edition thing, and you can just you know, when you purchase it, you get that. So. I think it'd be neat if they did something similar to that where, you know, you get a little flash drive with the old games on it, even Dead Space 3, <laughs> just because, <sighs> rather than, you know, a pre-order download type situation, because then you have a physical item and, you know, people would probably pay money for it, I think. Mm-hmm, yeah, I'm a fan. I just I can't pre-order it, and I'm gonna take this out of the show notes since we already talked about it. But Nvidia and Google, oh, yeah, yeah, they didn't like the Microsoft thing. Let's go to some miscellaneous news. Oh. Here we go. Yep, yep. Here we go. Now we're this gonna we're gonna leave fun. the world of video gaming here for a minute. This is a gaming podcast that does not we're not limited to. In fact, games of the week can include tabletop games and card games and mobile games and with Troy on the line, often has. Uh, and so I think it would be we would be remiss, gentlemen. Again, I don't want to spend an hour on this or anything. We could. We absolutely could. I mean, we've got half an hour left. Right. <laughs> but I think it would be remiss if we did not talk about Hasbro, Wizards of the Coast, and the open game license. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Disclosure, I do not make any money off of any product product or project uh, on using the OGL. Uh, however, I've been working on a project for multiple years based on OGL. 
but it's not released. You can't find it. It's not even advertised. I don't talk about it. I have put it on hold <laughs> while I watch this all play out. I have never seen a company that I think is so determined oh to burn itself to the ground. Like, I oh my just... god! Oh my god! They they lit their own dumpster fire and poured gasoline on themselves. I mean, obviously, Magic: The Gathering we have talked about on this show having its own issues over the last couple of years, culminating with Magic Thirtieth being an absolute fiasco to the point that they had to come and do a fireside stream chat to try and damage control the way out of that. They didn't. One thing that really like threw an eyebrow up on my side was watching that fireside chat, seeing uh, what was it, the CEO of Hasbro and the president of uh, Wizards of the Coast or the other way around. I don't remember their titles, but super high ups on both sides. Hasbro, of course, owning Wizards of the Coast. Uh, <laughs> One of the things they said on that in a damage control thing was that they thought D&D was under-monetized. And I was uh, like, whoa! What? Okay, what are you going to do? You're going to sell more books? Like, I don't I don't think... Sure, you, you're going to sell more... Have you paid for a player handbook lately? No, <laughs> no doubt. But, like, you know, everybody's, you know, that's buying the books has bought them. And, yeah, you're going to get new players here and there. But you, you got to make... Something that entices new players to come. So it's if if you want to monetize D and D more, it's not sell more books. That's not the answer. So what is it? You know, there is it their D and D Beyond and so, well, so role playing games. Uh, full disclosure again, I I worked in the role playing games industry. I self published a, a tactical game with a friend of mine. Um, I've worked for FASA Games, which at the uh, not when using I the OGL, the, by the way. <laughs> right, none of this, none of the stuff uses the OGL. But we had to do research on what is copyrightable, what is trademarkable, all that BS with with our own tactical game. We also, uh, and when I worked for FASA Games, it was after they sold off BattleTech and Shadowrun. But I worked on a few other games, and I worked for on uh, artwork for a few games on from Fantasy Games Unlimited, which did vigil, Villains and Vigilantes. But anyways. Um. So, God, I almost—I uh, forgot my point. <laughs> it's, it's just such a dumpster fire. Uh, oh, role-playing games. Yeah, role-playing games is the 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 basic rule set and the game master module, which sometimes can be one book, tends to be more like when you buy a console. It's it's the vehicle for which you sell other things. So yeah, you, you, your role-playing game companies aren't gonna make your money on the base books. Every time a new edition comes out, they may make a bit of money if that new edition has something substantial in it that the previous edition didn't. But the yeah. company actually has to do that. <clears throat> on on the top level here, by the way, if you don't know, just a very brief what and a very thirty thousand foot view. It gets very granular, <laughs> but. Yeah. What is the OGL or the open game license? Uh, it basically gives you, as a potential creator uh, for your friends or for profit, if you want to make some modules and things like that, it gives you the ability to use some of the tools and some of the systems inside D&D in other contexts to create your own one-off or your own entirely new tool or entirely new campaign or entirely new game. Uh, and way back when it was written, 
there were things that certainly I could agree that they did not take into account could potentially happen. The internet was in its infancy. You know, there, there weren't as many indie video game developers as you might have right now with ready access to being able to code, you know, Unity Engine and spin up games. So there, I have no problem with them updating the game license. They've also, I think it's fair to acknowledge, Troy spawned some of their own competition now, too. Um, where maybe their original intent was for you to be able, as Troy, to create some cool stuff for you and maybe a dozen or two dozen friends. Maybe you sell them for 20 bucks a pop, and boom, you're done. You made a couple hundred dollars. There you go. They have spawned basically larger companies now um, that have the potential to make larger amounts of cash. Um, while I don't think that's a huge issue, Right, make a better product, and you don't have to worry about your competition. Mm -hmm. so um, I, I, I do think. That... A, uh, Go ahead. Sorry, sorry. I did catch a video uh, on YouTube where they were talking to one of the guys that was, you know, part of the whole process of writing the original OGL 1.0a, and their whole purpose behind that was to encourage people to keep playing D and D because they knew right. that uh, they they knew that. Um, uh, role playing and stuff like that. The groups were getting smaller and smaller, and more individualized. And if you have that kind of spread out, you can't survive in role playing games. You, you got to have the big pools. And one of the things they did do when they were announcing it is they did go to larger companies like Paizo, which makes Pathfinder. Yeah, initially and, they and pulled Green them in Ronin on it. and stuff, so that they would have on day one when they announced 1.0a. At I believe it was one of the uh, huge gaming conventions up in Indy, um, that when they announced it and it came into effect, that they would there would already be product on the floor ready for people to buy. Yeah, absolutely. So so yeah, there are some. Uh, I I guess I mean the companies have gotten bigger since then, but at the yeah. time they were moderately sized companies that were producing their own thing, didn't need, necessarily need to tie into anything in D and D. Yeah, and if you want, if you want to watch like an hour and a half or so, the the video that Yod is talking about is uh, over on Roll for Combat on YouTube, uh, and it features Ryan Dancy, one of the original architects of the OGL, not by himself, obviously, but was one of the boots on the ground with the the OGL. Why are we talking about this? Well, Wizards of the Coast Hasbro basically is trying to burn itself down <laughs> by. Oh, yeah. Getting ready to put forward a new version of the OGL that does further stipulate a lot of these things that maybe they felt as a business were ultimately unfair, were losing money to this, uh, or putting new restrictions on. There's a whole slew of stuff in the upcoming OGL that changes the game, literally. Now, it was leaked online. It hasn't been officially announced yet, but it was acknowledged yesterday. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, and it all depends, like Yad, you said, if you talk to Ryan, like the original intent of the OGL was very, if we create competition, we create competition. Fine. Make, yeah. Let's make better things to keep them here. And then right. you talk to Wizards of the Co Wizard of the Coast, Wizards of the Coast today, and they say our intent wasn't to co to, cre to create competition. Uh, competition. They even say that in a number of interviews, uh, and in their own letters, the OGL wasn't intended to fund major competitors, and it wasn't intended to allow people to make D and D apps, videos, or anything other than printed materials for use while gaming. 
We're updating the OGL in part to make that very clear. What spun people off was a royalty uh, thing. If you made over certain thresholds, you would have to pay that. There was an apparent clause in the leaked OGL that basically people interpreted Troy to be able to say, hey, if Troy makes something really cool, it's ours. You know, <laughs> miss. Activision's still mad that they're missing out on that Dota money, right? And then they, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they, they change the rules when they put out uh, Warcraft 3 Reforged uh, on ownership of that stuff. Basically, Wizards of the Coast trying to do the same thing here, even if you were created on the old license. Oh, by the way, you've got to acknowledge and accept the new license, too. And again, this is literally scratching the surface. Right. I don't yeah, want to spend the whole show on it, but that is the basic gist to catch you up. Literally, the, the OGL the OGL went from around nine hundred words for the original to over nine thousand words for the new one they were trying to put out. Yeah, see, the the number of words to me isn't as important as what it says. <laughs> as what words are there? <laughs> yes, uh, what words are there? Because in 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 one point zero a, which is the one that is still currently in effect, right? It does state that while they did foresee the need for possible amendments or a new version, you will always be able to revert to 1.0a if you choose to. Right, and 1.1 was yeah. trying to negate that too. Right, that, that was the major thing is that 1.1, and they're now calling it 2.0, but I don't think it really matters. You know, you... you, you... <laughs> <laughs> you changed the paint on it, it's still the same <laughs> shit, right? <laughs> now, I had speculated, and many else did, and, and on Roll uh, roll for Damage, they said they didn't think this was the case, and they have a little more insider knowledge than I do, so I will certainly defer to them on this, but I thought there was a, a high probability that Wizards had leaked this themselves uh, to do a little bit of anchoring, yeah. right? We've seen companies do that, where they leak something that you know they know is going to cause outrage or a backlash, and then they bring it down just a notch or two and say, look, we listened to you, Troy. We're the good guys. We're the good right, guys. We right. change things. And because you they, compare it to the original anchor point, you're like, well, it's not as bad. But if you compared yeah, it they, to just good or comment. bad, yeah. Uh, yeah, they, they did comment that uh, they heard people. Yeah, that, that, you know, this was they leaked. definitely they did. People. They released an update. or a. Uh, uh, they were supposed to actually do a, a reveal of these twice now and they kept yes. putting it off they kept delaying it because of the leak they did finally say something yesterday uh and they have put an update to the open game license post right on the DD beyond site i'm not going to read the whole thing to you but for key points here they said hey uh we initially conceived of revising the ogl it was with three major goals in mind First, we wanted the ability to prevent the use of D&D content from being included in hateful and discriminatory products, something they've already been involved in litigation on, taking somebody to court to try and stop a product that had you know, bigoted uh, race class systems in it and stuff like that. So something they are actively doing. Second, we wanted to address those attempting to use D&D in Web3, blockchain games, and NFTs by making clear that OGL content is limited to tabletop role-playing content like campaigns, modules, and supplements. While I can understand and appreciate the intent there on the Web3 blockchain and NFT stuff, Ryan in that uh, interview says that's not entirely true. We yeah. 
we fully anticipated and we're expecting that you should be able to develop video game stuff with the OGL. Right. Now, none of this has really been challenged in court. So Ryan also said, hey, I don't know how it would hold up uh, with copyright stuff, but you should, in his opinion, be able to do that. And third, we wanted to ensure that the OGL is for the content creator, the homebrewer, the aspiring designer, our players in the community, not major corporations to use for their own commercial and promotional purpose. Our job is to be good stewards of the game, and the OGL exists for the benefits of the fans. Nothing about those principles is wavered for a second. They go on to use, you know, oh, look, they're human. You know, oh, they, uh, however, it's clear from the reaction, Troy, we rolled a one. Fuck you. Deception, sure. (laughs) Which also to me, and we talked about this yesterday a little bit, to me, that comment uh, made it sound more like they probably did leak this themselves because they didn't say, oh, the, the leaks got this wrong or the leaks got that wrong or because of the leaks. Da, da, da. They're like, oh, no, we messed up. Yeah. Yep. It's become yep. clear that it's no longer possible to fully achieve these three goals while staying true to our principles, so here's what we're doing. The next OGL will contain the provisions that allow us to protect and cultivate the inclusive environment we're trying to build and specify that it covers only content for tabletop RPGs. So they're trying to take out apps, video games, anything that isn't books and paper for TTRPG. That's it. That means that other expressions such as educational and charitable campaigns, live streams, cosplays, VTT uses, etc. will remain unaffected by the OGL update. So this new OGL update is strictly going to apply to the tabletop content creation content already released under 10a will also remain unaffected that's a big point yes what it will not contain is any royalty structure there was it was absurd it was like a three quarters of a million and you had to give like 25 percent. i mean it would only have been the big players that were impacted by it and that's why they kind of tried to say well look you know you're not going to be impacted by this what do you care um it will also not include the license back provision that some people were afraid was meant for us to steal your work. That never Which crossed totally our minds. Was. Under the new OGL, you'll own content you create. We won't. Any language we put down will be crystal clear and unequivocal on that point. The license back language was intended to protect us and our partners from creators who incorrectly allege that we steal their work simply because of coincidental similarities. A couple of last thoughts. First, we won't be able to release the new OGL today. I'm stunned. Uh, because we need to make sure we get it right, but it's coming. Second, you're going to hear people say that they won and we lost because making your voices heard forced us to change our plans. Those people will only be half right. They won, and so did we. Our plan was always to solicit the input of our community before any update to the OGL. The drafts you've seen were attempting to do just that. We want to always delight fans and create experiences together that everyone loves. We're sorry that this you know, didn't work out the way we planned. Uh, here's my thing, Troy. I say this often. If they hold true on the stuff they're saying, and we'll see when the new OGL language is sent out, if they do and how much they do, have they made the right call here in my book? Absolutely. Absolutely they have. But I've said it before. I saw what you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I saw what you wanted to do. And your intent was not to put that out and to, and to, to garner feedback. 
your 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 intent was to announce it and enforce it within just a couple of weeks, just like all the outlines say you were going to do, and change everything so that people had to report their incomes and stuff to you. It's you changed it because you had to because the backlash was so severe. There were people unsubscribing from D and D Beyond over this. Yep, well, that, that's uh, because D and D Beyond enough so that it crashed the website. Yeah, it's one of the metrics they were using to measure people's reactions to things. So there, there's actually a, a space on why you are ending your subscription. And people were just paragraph, pair after paragraph of, you know, you, you suck, it's the OGL, yada, 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 <laughs> all that stuff. And yeah, yeah. That, that's that's why it crashed. I just don't get it, man. Like, if you... <laughs> While we while they're all one company, so we don't get to see their entire financial picture, we're talking about a big company in Hasbro. But we're also talking about a company that I've seen estimates that Wizards is probably half of their revenue. Half of that company's revenue. The others, you know, being their their other stuff like Transformers, board games, right. all that the fun stuff. Which means if you spun Wizards, which there was a push for from fans wanting this to happen at one point, I don't know if it still is. Uh, to spin Wizards off into its own company, you'd have Hasbro and Wizards being two relatively equal revenue-based companies. So when you have one company in your umbrella being half of your revenue, Troy, and you are a publicly traded company, when it comes time to push for annual revenue increases year over year, who gets pushed around the most? It's going to be Wizards. Magic's got to make more money. D&D's got to make more money. All of these things have to make more money. We're publicly traded. We got to report year-over-year growth. And unfortunately, we bear the brunt. Magic players, I will tell you, have felt pushed around for the last year to three years, depending on what um, what formats you play the most, Uh in the just like the overprinting and and just constantly new sets and then four different versions of each set and then but hey wizards got to make that money cuz papa hasbro got to make that money <sighs> there there are better ways to do that there there are you could all the stuff that everybody else is doing you could also do whatever the stuff is you want to get a chunk of the income do it make it officially branded D&D stuff people would eat that up Moving on, a couple more miscellaneous bits. Justin Roiland, co-creator of Rick and Morty uh, and High on Life, the shooter game, uh, apparently charged in California court with domestic battery and false imprisonment, according to NBC News. Now, this was a little while ago. This He was charged in May of 2020, uh, but really we're just seeing it reported on now. Because there have been multiple court appearances, the the uh, alleged victim here is a Jane Doe, uh, anonymous for the reporting purposes. But yeah, he's pled not guilty to both charges. Uh, another of other case details are reportedly being withheld under a protective order, though an attorney confirmed to NBC News that a plea offer is on the table. Apparently he just has not taken it yet or has no interest in taking it, we don't know. NBC reports that a hearing in the case is planned to reconvene on April 27th with Royland ordered to attend. Didn't see that one coming. Not a good look. Yeah, not a good, not look. a good look. 
I mean, I, I, you know, I'd and it like is it is alleged at the moment. We don't know details. Right, I'm not gonna like to not gonna get into guilty or not guilty, but it's never a good look. You know, it's false imprisonment. Good lord, good lord. Uh, just because yeah. I just because I want to talk about this a little bit real quick. Uh, not only am I terrible at Rocket League and I get beat by players, but now apparently an AI bot has found its way online. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Short version, there is a part of the Rocket League community that makes bots. You are able to use these bots in offline modes. The way the bots are constructed, they, they can't interface with the online modes at all. Why? Well, if they create a bot that is, let's say, champ one, you can go and 1v1 it over and over and over again offline to hopefully train and improve. Or have some fun with your friends, play little tournaments by yourself offline with you and your friends via LAN, a good time was had by all. And they have various degrees of difficulty. Cool, cool, cool. Well, there's another group that was doing some machine learning stuff. Uh, this is RL Jim. And they said, hey, you know what? We're going to, instead of just programming a bot, which is what RL Bots does, um, RL Jim said, what if we could machine learn a bot and just tell it what's good, Right. Moving the ball towards the opponent's goal is a good thing. And then, through machine learning algorithms, let it just play in the RL gym we've created thousands and thousands of games and learn how to become a better AI instead of programming it with certain behaviors. Well, it all worked. Very complex, very, uh, very streamlined explanation I just gave you. It all worked. So RL Jim said, hey, RL bot, do you want the bot? We're going to do some other stuff with it, but if you want to post the bot on your site, you certainly can. Now, once you take the bot out of, which is called Nexto, when you take the bot out of the gym, it doesn't learn anymore. But you basically have a god-tier bot to go against if you want. It's gonna, there are cheeses that you can get through and, and beat it in certain ways, but it's an amazing bot that'll smack you around if you're an average Rocket League player like myself at best. So what did somebody do, Yod? They took the bot. They, they let it out of the wild. They're not using RL bot stuff because it won't let you put that in online mode, but they made their own code, stole the, uh, the bot, put it in their own code, and have managed to get it into the online servers where people are cheating and raising their rank with it. And Psyonix really isn't sure what to do yet. <laughs> like, they have asked RL bots, please don't create any more bots of this caliber while we figure out how to handle this. <laughs> and by the way, if you think you're getting shelled by a bot, go ahead and report it the way you would normally report stuff. So they're working on it. But this is how Skynet begins. This is how Real Skynet life. begins. <laughs> All right. I want to show you guys a picture. Take a look at this. There's a new place to play your Steam Deck, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, Troy, those Troy you took this picture, really right? This this was you, Troy. Yeah, that was me, absolutely. Um, I, I skydive on a regular basis, obviously. Well, so skydiving might be a little a little better or a little safer. I don't know. Reddit user uh, Bytheon posted this, saying, guys, you can literally take this thing anywhere. Now, he's not playing anything on it. Uh, he did eventually turn it on and take a picture, but what he was doing... Um, he or she uh, was doing <laughs> probably isn't conducive to actually 
playing the thing. Uh, this was at around 2,500 feet over the ground in a paramotor. If you don't know what that is, it's basically a big-ass fan strapped to your back. <laughs> yeah. Hail to the now. Hail to the now. now, now. Yeah, and it's a... Uh... <laughs> Later, later than air aircraft are really interesting. Um, but yeah, Steam Deck it, works. Yeah, from a very interesting <laughs> from a distance. They did yeah. say they did say they're going to the do this in. It was very very cold, <laughs> so they said they're going to yeah. do this in the summer and actually turn it on. But <laughs> yeah, there, there's no canopy, no no cockpit. Nope. In no, you're just aircraft. basically strapped to a fan. You got some wings. You got yeah. some wings and, and tires. <laughs> Um, and so you don't need a license to fly one. No, no, of course not. <laughs> of course not. Hey, um, Madden 23 is removing the CPR touchdown celebration following what happened with DeMar Hamlin, who seems to be still heading in a positive direction. So we're very happy about that. That's going to be removed in a future update. They only made that decision this week because I'm sure it was something they had wow. to think about for a long period of time. And you know what? what? My Steelers are just as guilty. I went to the last game of the season with my son and it's I, we didn't see it from the stands, but I saw it in the footage after the game. Uh, somebody had done the CPR celebration. We're like, mm, oh, really? that's a bad yeah. look. Yeah, and like, I totally bad. told my son, I was like, look, you know, it's probably one of those five celebrations that are always in their head. They've done a million times and you know, and they probably just weren't thinking. They should have been. They deserve every bad look moment that they're getting for that. Yeah. But I don't think it was like necessarily malicious in intent. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's coming out of Madden. Good. Let's go do our games of the week. Games of the Week is the way we end every episode of the Gaming Gumbo here. It's where all three of us are going to give you a game we think you should try out. Could be a video game, mobile game, tabletop game, card game. Doesn't matter. Something we're playing, have played before, have never played, and just think you should check out. And in the comments below on YouTube and on Ready Check Radio, when you're letting us know your thoughts on different topics from today's show, also let us know who gave the best recommendation. Yod, you're up first. I have... Macross Shooting Insight, which is coming out for Switch and Steam, because I love Macross on animes, and I love the fact that because the rights have been cleared up a bit, we actually get to play these things now. Yay! Yay! Rights cleared up is always a good thing. Troy, yeah. you're up. I'm currently playing and enjoying Elder Scrolls Online, having a good time in that. If you haven't played it before, there is a just metric ton of content to do. Um, yeah, they, they need to readjust and sort of, you know, get that core community re-engaged to the game and then worry about bringing in new players. But if you haven't played before and you are a new player, there there's just so much there's just so much to do. There's so much that's out there. Uh you'll you can spend hundreds of hours just questing and playing the content. So I've been enjoying that and I recommend Elder Scrolls online. I don't care that I'm gonna take the loss. I'm gonna give give you Rocket League. Go get your ass kicked by a bot. How awesome <laughs> is that? Just do an AI Skynet. Yeah. It's not an, just about Skynet. An AI trained <laughs> An artificial intelligence machine learned bot. Just go do it. Who cares about your rank? That's going to do it for us here on Gaming Gumbo. No Torchwick tonight. Uh, it's his last weekend home, so we're going to have some game night with the family type deal. Uh, we will have Tarkoth live at midnight, I believe. 
uh, he replied to me, but I can't look at it yet. So uh, I believe he'll be live at midnight, and I think it's Voice of Cards. But stay tuned to Twitter. Make sure you're following us there. We'll be back next Saturday with another episode of Gaming Gumbo. And if you're into Final Fantasy TCG, Sunday we'll be hosting a streamed tournament uh, that you can watch and hang out with me as I commentate people trying to win a Zach promo. Until next week, Yod, where can everybody find you? Uh, Yod Art works on Twitter, Yod Art works on Facebook, and right here on Gaming Gumbo. Troy? Everywhere you can think of, it's Noob Fridge. <laughs> I'm Mike Byrne. You can follow me right there at Magic Man One, but more importantly, follow at RC Radio, R A I D E O, on Twitter, and you'll know every time we go live with a stream or a podcast. Until next week, stay safe. We'll see you on the servers. Yeah.